0: real quick, Dobbs he's going to try and outrun the defender, and he gets another first down, Dodge has a touchdown for the Vikings, he kept it himself, from the 35, Stevenson,
1: first down and more, from Andre Stevenson, still going, into the end zone, 64 yards for a England touchdown.
2: Chicago in the red zone, where they are tied for fourth this year in touchdown percentage. Bajit looking deep for Cole Komet. Oh, what a catch! Komet goes up to get it, and it's a touchdown for the
0: Bears! Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show.
2: All right, here we go for a Monday morning, Saul 44, November the 6th. Uh, Welcome to the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Glad you could uh, join your Monday morning with us, and hopefully we've got a lot to talk about, uh, mostly, obviously, a lot to talk about with the Edmonton Oilers and how they would like to basically flush this first 10-game segment uh, down the drain because it was just an abysmal abysmal first month to the season uh if you want to call it that two seven and one maybe it's a fresh start tonight in vancouver eight two and one the canucks are and of course the canucks beat the Oilers twice already uh this year so send your texts in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 1440 tons of texts coming in already and welcome in the duke on a monday morning good morning duke how was the weekend
0: Busy, busy, right? Very busy. Great weekend, Kevin. Obviously, uh, the uh, the Oilers put a bit of a damper on it, but since that came in the middle of the day Saturday, I've almost already completely wiped it from my memory with the rest of the weekend's activities. Doesn't so, it
2: feel like it was like, it feels like it was about a week ago,
0: it the, does, Yeah, the, the loss yeah, to Nashville. Part, part of it being that I didn't really want to think about it too much, <laughs> part of it being that uh, it was in the middle of the day. So those midday games, they always kind of seem to be a little out there and I know every team's got to play their fair share but Weird, um, yeah, yeah they're just harder for me to, to register and keep in the memory bank
2: so I saw you Saturday night at the Golden Bears football game, it was a great game, it was a beautiful night for football for you know early November, I mean perfect conditions really no wind, and Bears had an outstanding game and are now off to the Hardy Cup final so how about CFR how did the uh, CFR go for you Friday night
0: uh, CFR was great as always, uh, a terrific event put on by the organizers and, um, it talked about it pretty extensively the past couple of weeks, but I'm sad to see it be leaving Red Deer mm-hmm. in the centrum, but it was pretty well a full house in there. Uh, saw a couple, um, CFR records get tied oh. in the tie down roping The the pair or in team roping, pardon me, the pair that tied the previous world record ended up finishing in third on the day because two... That's crazy. Two pairs uh, tied with the same timing that set a new, uh, a new record. So that was pretty cool to see a young lady uh, finish second in the steer riding go-around, mm-hmm. which you don't see a lot of women participating in that event. So that was really great to see. Um, and otherwise, yeah, the, uh, the band was great. The drinks were cold. The, the dance floor was hopping. <laughs> what was the and, name
2: of the band again, Friday
0: night? Uh, Quentin, Blair Quentin Blair and Blair, the yeah. CFR All-Star Band. Yeah, they were, uh, they were awesome. It was great. Um, packed house and can't wait for next year. Back in Edmonton already. So it was a busy
2: weekend watching sports and doing things like that. You'll never believe what I did yesterday afternoon, Duke. Went out to Terra Pines and teed it up. Played nine holes of golf yesterday at Terra Pines. I phoned Mark there and said, what's it like? Well, come on out. It's You need a tee time, he said, because it was packed. I couldn't believe the amount of people there. And they're going to be taking times for the rest of the week. But usually we kind of get out there at the end of the year, Laura and I went in years past. I can't remember. It was colder in years past. Yesterday was pretty good too.
0: It was. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. I le- like when I left the house at uh, seven o'clock last night to go back to the Drake where I also was mm-hmm. Saturday night to, yeah. to watch the Bears and Huskies. I went back for my own beerly game and it was like just throw a sweater on out the door and you're more than comfortable walking uh, down the street to the truck, so.
2: So teed it up, obviously had a lot of fun. The guy says, can you join? Can we join? Or, you know, he says, can I join up with you? So it was a threesome. He uh, says... Oh, I'm friends with Grant Fuhrer. So I take a picture. This guy's name was Lynn. Take a picture, send it to Grant, and Grant goes, Oh, yeah, I haven't seen this guy for years. So kind of a cool afternoon out at Terra Pines. It wasn't a cool afternoon for the Oilers on Saturday. Losing again to Nashville to drop their record to 2-7-1. What is going on? right now with the hottest team in the league just think if if the hottest team in the league yesterday did not beat vegas 4-2 and we're talking about your ducks duke six in a row what's going on with the hottest team in the league your ducks
0: uh i'm kind of just really it's, running on borrowed because i i don't expect it to last it, uh, can't. it, it simply can't but I, i'm gonna ride the wave while it's here which um and I'm not going to apologize for no. it. I I, I I caught the first period of the game, much like I caught the first quarter of the football game before leaving for for my own hockey last night. And then was kind of just keeping tabs at the intermission on my phone. And when I got the final alert, I I couldn't believe it. They were down two nothing. The team rallies. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. they're wearing those uh, their anniversary jerseys, the <laughs> eggplant. So they looked extra sharp. Oh. John Gibson back in goal after a brief uh, spell on kind of the uh, uh, injured list. You can't like those uniforms, can you? Really? Oh yeah, they they look like I. I don't hate the black and gold and orange combos that they like their regular color scheme. I actually quite like them, but I love the uh, going back to the purples and the jade um as a as a throwback type thing. But Mason McTavish is absolutely dialed right now. He's great. Uh, they've been getting great goaltending. Uh, Pavel minchikov rookie mm-hmm. Russian defender on the back end top 10 pick. He's been great. It, it's been pretty much throughout the lineup getting contributions. Our fourth line center had two goals last night in the uh comeback win. So
2: Had, let's just say, everyone assumed Vegas was going to win last night. Mm -hmm. Had the Golden Knights beaten the Ducks, they would have been 20 points ahead of the Oilers. 20. We haven't even played a month of the season yet. Right now, Vegas sits with 23 points. Vancouver is 17, LA 16, and the Oilers 5. Only the San Jose Sharks, the pitiful San Jose Sharks, are in... A worse situation than the Oilers right now. You know how many goals San Jose scored this year? 12.
0: As in as they won per game. Yeah, 12. And they had back-to-back 10 spots put up on them.
2: 12 goals in 11 games. Their goal differential right now is minus 43. That's a season. A, a, a bad season. <laughs> and they did it in a month. The Oilers have the second worst goal differential in the league. Minus 14. Text coming in. one 401 1440 Stair Farmer chimes in. Good morning, boys. Another Oilers loss tonight. They need a wake-up and a shake-up. What's wrong with the Oilers? Send us your text. How can they turn this around? The answer is in the room. The answer is within this group. It's not coming from anywhere else right now. The answer is within the group. They have to look in the mirror, and they have to change A lot of things with their preparation and most importantly, then, their execution. Have to get involved. Play like it's your last game, last shift. Leave it all out there. Leave it out there. Show something. Go hard to the net every shift. Make a hit. Get involved. Stop playing on the perimeter. Get your nose dirty. Go hard to the net. Defend your own net with some vigor. Compro Evolution chimes in. We usually have good conversations with Compro. GM, guys, it may be early in the season, but this next three games could be the turning point in the season. Oh, good morning, guys. So I get it now. If they get beat once again by Vancouver and allow four or more, I think their confidence could be shattered. Well, their confidence is shattered right now. They have to gain the confidence right now. Might be time for Holland to shake things up and get more excitement infused, just like Gagne tried to do. Stair Farmer says Woodcroft needs to bench players when they don't play like they should or play super bad. Even if it's McDavid, bench them. You know, this is the same team, exact same team, with the addition of Sam Gagne, who had a great game in his debut against Dallas. Uh, Gagne, by the way, did not practice yesterday. The Oilers called up James Hamblin on an emergency basis as they head into this three-game road trip. After tonight in Vancouver, it's San Jose on Thursday and then Seattle on Saturday night. The answer is in the room. These guys have to figure it out themselves. The cavalry ain't coming. No one is coming to save this team right now from the outside. That's just the, how the team has been assembled. So figure it out. Figure out how you can contribute more on a personal basis. And you connect all those personal games one by one by one by one. Next thing you know, you got a line. Then you got a team. Then you have a, a, a game where everyone has come together. But right now, the Oilers are 31st in the league. 31st! It just It's the same team that was put together that everyone in the hockey world said that they would finish in the top five. Not just finish in the top five, but were a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Everyone said that. It's been the exact opposite. So, busy show today coming up on the Kevin Carius Show. For a Monday morning, we will check in with Derek Van Diest from NHL.com as the Orders get set to embark on this three-game roadie tonight in Vancouver. laurie Munzer's back in the house after her European vacation. Lori ann Munzer, our co-host from 8 to 10. So Lorianne will check in. She's actually in the building already doing yeoman's work, prep work. Probably doing some other work too. Uh, mark Spector uh, was supposed to be on a flight to Vancouver. That flight was changed and delayed, cancelled, I guess, and now he's flying later in the day. So Speck will join us at 8 o'clock for Booster Juice on the Mark. Matt Larkin from the Daily Faceoff is our uh, Mr. Reuter headliner of the day. How about Fernando Pisani coming on? Fernie will check in the former Edmonton oiler and... Well, just basically a a star from the 2006 playoff run when he was just, everything was going in for him. Scored that big shorthanded goal in game number five to keep the series alive, heading back to Edmonton for game six where the Oilers shut out Carolina and then just fell a tiny bit short in game number seven. Fernando Pisani now working for the Montreal Canadiens. He will check in at 840 we touched on and off-the-top massive win for the Alberta Golden Bears football team on Saturday night, 5 o'clock game. It was just perfect conditions. Eli Hetlinger, Golden Bears quarterback, had another solid game. Just threw an absolute beautiful pass to Jonathan Rosary for a, a long touchdown. That was one of the turning points, tipping points in the game, if you want to call it that, resulted in the Golden Bears beating, throttling, The University of Saskatchewan Huskies beating them for the third time this year. And now that sets up a date with the University of BC and the T-Birds. That'll be for the Hardy Cup this Saturday in UBC. Al Ionazoni from Newsday checks in at 9.20. Uh, Big Al will uh, tee up today's, tonight's Monday Night Football game. What do you think of that one, Duke? We've got the Chargers and the New York Jets it's going to be probably well you know everyone talks about the Jets defense the Chargers defense can get to the quarterback too so do you think it'll be a higher scoring or lower scoring game? Or in the middle of the road, maybe. I, I, I am
0: a little bit confused yeah. with this one because, yes, the Chargers D looked uh, much better last mm-hmm. week, but it was also against the Chicago Bears, so I think yes. you just take that with a pretty good grain of salt, uh, Connor Hallie will be the first one to tell you this Chargers D is uh, no scream in hell by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. They love, uh, they love to get diced up in the secondary, but it is still Zach Wilson uh, playing quarterback, and I think he's exceeded probably every single person's expectations mm-hmm. so far this year, but I... I, I think the charger like this will be important because both these teams are still in the thick of it for chasing down some wild card spots like both? I think I think if you'd asked the same question a, a few weeks ago everybody thought uh, this might be a bit of a dumpster fire a Monday night game but yeah. uh, it actually has the the potential to end up being a pretty good one I
2: think and so the Jets are just kind of finding a way to win. Yeah. Just finding a way to get it done. That's what good teams do. I could not believe I was absolutely shocked Duke yesterday stunned. I could not believe it that Josh Dobbs after looking at a playbook for 10, 15 minutes, playbook Vic, playbook Vic, comes out and just tears it up, leads the Minnesota Vikings to a massive victory, comeback victory. How could he comprehend this playbook in just a short amount of time? It's unbelievable.
0: It was a necessity, <laughs> of course, uh, after the injury to Jaron Hall. But uh, but I mean, hey, I think Josh Dobbs has proven now uh, in his kind of brief career as a starter anyway, that like he's he's pretty gritty and the dude is literally a rocket scientist. Like he took aerospace engineering. So if there's anybody that could learn I, a playbook in a couple of days, I think he's probably the I, one to do I'm it. I'm
2: just being facetious and giving playbook Vic a little bit of the gears because last week we were talking about why the amount of trades is low in the NFL and Trader Vic said or the playbook Vic said, Well, just because you can't learn the playbook. Can't do it. So Sorry, Vic, just giving you a little gears, little gears. Steve Ashburner, NBA.com, will check in at 10.20. Plus, round number two of our interview with Kate Pedersen, the Canucks ringside reporter, checks in at 10.40. So jam-packed show. We'll get to some of your texts right after the break. Plus, Derek Van Deest from NHL.com. This is a Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program 721 in the City of Champions. Uh, let's check in now with Derek Van Deest from nhl.com. Morning DVD, how was the weekend? Good morning. Uh weekend was good. Uh yeah, well, it was eventful. So, well, it was a good weekend. <laughs> it was eventful to say the least, wasn't
1: yeah. it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, Saturday afternoon. I love, I love afternoon games, by the way. Mm. I just love the <laughs> fact that you go to the rink and but you know the game is being played as opposed to having to wait till eight p.m. on a Saturday night to to go to an game. I love the afternoon game. I know it, the result wasn't what uh, folks wanted around here. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the team is struggling a little bit, but yeah, if they could play more Saturday afternoon games, I'd be happy with that. Uh, maybe if they played more, maybe they would eventually do better in afternoon games because I know the older record isn't great in afternoon games, uh, and yeah, they didn't look particularly good on Saturday either. So. Uh, there's uh, there's uh, some issues there, I guess, with the,
2: with the hockey team. Oh, boy, is there ever. Tons of text coming in to we will get to Klaus, Troy, Matt, MW, Sask Oilers fan, and more in just a couple of minutes. We've got Derek Van Deese from NHL.com with us right now. So, DVD, in your expert opinion, can you put your finger on what is wrong with this hockey team?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I wish there was just one issue, but there, there are multiple issues here that we, they're, they're dealing with. Um, and let's start in, in goal. They're not getting a big save uh, when they need one. So the goaltending has been a, a, average and maybe at times below average. Below, they, they're yeah. Not getting, yeah, they're not getting that save. Uh, Jack Campbell did not look very good on Saturday. Um, they're bottom six. I think aren't producing at all. Like I think you're looking at you go through that bottom 6 and you got a lot of guys 10 games in with with zero points or or you know one point. Like they need more production out of that. Uh your top 6 guys um you know aren't aren't producing as, as the rate they used to. McDavid. McDavid looks like he's kind of harboring an injury. He said he was 100% but he doesn't look like the same McDavid. He doesn't look like he has that extra gear. Um, that he used to have, where you could just take to that, that fifth gear. He doesn't look like he has that right now. I don't know if he's he's harboring something or something's bothering him. Uh, Saddle hasn't scored in seven games, which is almost unheard of during his time here at Edmonton. Um, Kane is is you know he's noticeable, but he's not scoring. Hyman's playing well, but you can go down the list. Newton Hopkins is not scoring as rate he did last year. Uh, Defensively, they are absolutely atrocious in their own, end. They're making so many mistakes. They're giving the puck away. They're making bad pitches. Um, You know, it's just there's so many. uh, It's like whack-a-mole, Kevin. It's like there's so many issues that they're trying to solve right now, and they can't figure it out. And to me, this team was supposed to be a team that would put fear into opponents. they say, oh, my goodness, we're going to play the orders today. They have so much coming at them. That's what everybody expected, uh, but teams are coming in here, and they have no fear of the orders. They're, they're playing them hard, um, and, yeah, there, there's no intimidation factor there at all when it comes to playing against the Edmonton owners. So something's got to change in a hurry here because uh, the season's starting to slip away.
2: It is. Derek Van Deest, NHL.com, as our guest on Sports 1440. You mentioned the bottom six. Derek Ryan has one assist. Ryan McLeod has one assist. After that, you've got a bunch of bagels on the board. Adam Ernie now down on the farm. Matthias Janmark injured, but Connor Brown, Dylan Holloway pointless, and Brown injured. I'm not sure if I've seen a lack of production like this from a team from the bottom six, and it's almost like it's festering to the point of where these guys can't get anything going, and it's weighing so heavily on them that it's bringing everyone else down. Which leads me to ask you about the confidence level of this team. It's, as you mentioned, probably at an all-time low, and no one really knows how to get it back. So how, in your opinion, did the Oilers get their confidence level to return to some normalcy?
1: Yeah, that's that's the issue right now. You're you're right there. They, they, They were a confident team going into the season. They were saying all the right things. They were confident. Uh, you know, they were all talking about Stanley Cup or busts this year, um, but yeah, like they're not the same. The bottom six—you you look at those guys. They all most of those guys had career years last year. They had the best years. Like Derek Ryan had a career year. Uh, Yanmark yeah, had a really good year once he got back. He, he came up from, from the American Hockey League. Um, Holly obviously struggled. He didn't have—he didn't have a good year. He ended up with the American Hockey League, but there was so high expectations on him this year. It, just, it, it, it is incredible how everyone across the board is struggling. No one seems to be going. No one seems to be able to find that. And, and when that happens, when, you, when you're getting absolutely no production nut out of your bottom two lines, that puts so much pressure on your top two lines to do all the scoring. And I think that is, that is a, a real problem here is when they're not contributing, they're not chipping in. And, and you've got to wonder, you know, Ken Holland, he – Signed Derek Ryan. He signed Matthias Yanmark. Mm-hmm. To me, they were the same player. I, I you know, you signing the, the, the same two guys, and and I think Derek Ryan was a reward for what he did last year. But yeah. now maybe, you know, father time is eventually catching up to him. Bjork um, had had a good half a season, and now he's injured. Uh, you know, maybe you know maybe they they got all they could out of a guy like him. Adam Rennie had a great camp. I thought he was fantastic in training camp, but we've seen this so often where a guy comes in, has a really, really good training camp, makes a really good impression, regular season starts, and you don't hear from him, you don't see from him, you don't, like, nothing happens, he kind of falls off the cliff. I think that's the situation with Adam Ernie there. So they have to kind of, they, have to, they may have to do something to kind of jolt this lineup. They may have to make a trade. They may have to make some sort of deal because um, they've got to shake it up here because what's, what they have going is not working. And, and they need a big win. They need a big result. They need a goalie to steal a game. That that'll it'll start there. Like if, hopefully, Stuart Skinner can have a good game and steal a game for them from from in Vancouver tonight, and that maybe can kind of get the ball rolling. But they need something to go their way uh, because right now everything is going against them, uh, and they just you know they do need a break because they have against Dallas, Bouchard hit the crossbar twice in yeah. a power play at the same time. They they've had opportunities. Um, they, they looked very they, they looked really good for about. A six to seven minute stretch against Nashville where they completely dominated. Like there was a part there in the second period where they had like three or four shifts in a row where they they spent the entire uh, five or six minutes in the Nashville zone. They got applauded going off, but they couldn't score a goal. They didn't couldn't capitalize on it. So they need something to go their way. They they need a break or a bounce, and hopefully this turns things around because this team is too good to be where they are right now.
2: Derek Van Deese from NHL.com's our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Tons of texts coming in to 1-833-401-1440. A lot of them are in the realm of the head coach, the job he's doing, Jay Woodcroft. And if things continue here in the next week or so, a lot of our texters are saying that there should be a change in the coaching position. What are your thoughts on that DVD?
1: Well, you know what, you look at Jay Woodcroft's record overall, it's probably the most impressive of, of, of a lot of the coaches that have come through here. And it, you look at the, the, how many coaches have been recycled through here. Like, why have so many coaches failed here in Edmonton? I think that's maybe we got to look at. I think Jay Woodcroft is a good coach. I think Jay Woodcroft didn't go from being a 50-win coach last year uh, and, or, and, or from taking over the mm-hmm. team the year before and taking them to the third round of playoffs to not knowing what he's doing, like he, you don't, that doesn't happen, and uh, so I think this will really tell how good of a coach Jay Woodcroft is because coaching, you do the coaching when things aren't going well. When things are going well, you just open the door, let the guys go, and which is kind of the situation that maybe he had last year when, when all the guys were gone, when everybody was going. So this is, I think it be too quick, it'd be too quick of a reaction to just pull the trigger on a coaching change, and you're also dealing with a general manager who doesn't like firing coaches during mm-hmm. the season. He did it two years ago for the first time ever. Like, he just doesn't do it. So I can't see him doing it two years in a row. Now, there could be questions, where, well, well, who's really pulling the strings here? Is Ken Holland really going to be pulling the strings if he's on his last year of his, of his deal and he doesn't know whether he's coming back next year? Is Jeff Jackson pulling the strings? Or does Paul Coffey have some influence on the team? Like, You've got to wonder who is gonna, who's going to pull the trigger if there's going to be a change. Um, I don't agree with the change because I've, I've been here, we've been here, Kevin, mm-hmm. through, what, 13 coaches, <laughs> something like that, in it's the last uh, 10, 10, 11 years. Like, it's, you can't just keep recycling and changing the coach and hoping things will happen. And also, there's really no one out there. Who's out there going to take over this team? Is You're going to give it to Glenn Gullickson? And, and what's going to change if, if, if Gullickson takes over the team? So, you no, know, the, yeah, the, the knee-jerk reaction is fire the coach, fire the coach. But, no, there's other... There's other things to do. I think before you get there, I think you make a trade, you make a move, you kind of shake up the lineup before you get to that firing the coach. Firing the coach should be the absolutely final thing you do to try and change things for your team. Uh, and and I, I don't think the orders are there now. And I think they're going to give a chance to kind of work his way out of here. Let's see what the orders are twenty games in, um, and then and then go from there. And even McDavid said that. He said, "Hey, last year we were seven and three. Then we went three and seven. We were ten and ten after twenty games." We still won 50 games. Mm-hmm. I think that is the benchmark here. Let's see what happens in the next 10 games so they can turn this thing around.
2: Well, really, they were the second-best team with this same team in the last half of last year, basically. If you, yeah. you know, I'm off by a few games here and there, but, you know, it's the same team. Way better record, obviously. Derek Van Deest from NHL.com is our guest. So... Just one name that keeps popping up on our text line, and we'll get to some of those texts, uh, Robbie Moe, Harry, Doug, uh, and a lot of other ones coming in, one But Joel Quenville is a name that always seems to be popping up here. I don't know if that's even a possibility or if he would be on the radar or anything like that. What kind of job do you think Ken Holland has done then to assemble this team that he's given to Jay Woodcroft because of the salary cap, they don't have the ability to do a lot of roster shuffling up and down and things like that just because of where their cap situation is.
1: Yeah, that's and that's an issue too. I think they kind of painted themselves in a corner here. Um, and listen, you have the two best players in the world and you have to pay them and then you kind of build from there. And so, you know, Ken Holland has built a pretty formidable, formidable top six lineup with the guys that he has there. And, and then he's getting, these ordered them uh, with these contracts. They're, they're, some of them are, they're going to be a little little likely towards the end of the, uh, of the of those contracts, but he, he, he built a pretty formidable top six, and so when you do that, then you 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 have what you have for your bottom six and for for whatever left over. And I think that's the issue right now mm-hmm. is that he doesn't have a lot of money to spend on on their bottom on bottom six, so he's trying to get some some cheap players that can that can do the job. But right now those guys aren't doing the job. But yeah, he's he's kind of painted himself in a corner. There isn't a lot of movement here. They don't have. Uh, any like they're playing a man short they played a, a player short and mm-hmm. they got an emergency recall uh today because they played a player short last game so there's no real room to move here but i think holland has put together a good team and he saw this you're right this is the same roster that they had last year um you know that 150 games so what happens What has what changing in, in a year and i think that's something you have to put the finger on but and like I said, everyone last year had a career year, and everyone this year so far is having a, a, a down year. There's got to be a happy medium there somewhere where the owners can kind of find that that level and and see where they are. This is a playoff team. This is a contending team when they get going, and and right now they just haven't been able to find any traction. Uh, but I I think you look at that the rosters put together, you look at the team, it's a Stanley Cup contending team. So that's that's what he was brought here to do, is to put a Stanley Cup contending team in. So I think he's done a good job. Now, as far as Quenwell goes, to me, that's just recycling. You know, that's just like bringing in Head mm-hmm. Kitchcock, bringing in Todd McClellan, bringing in like some big name that, you know, hopefully turns things around. And I don't know if Joe Quenwell will ever get reinstated at the yeah, NHL. I don't know either. I don't know if he's even interested in doing it. He's retired, probably. Um, so... You know, to me, that's just, you're just recycling. You've already gone down this road. You've already gone down the Ken Hitchcock Road uh, and and all those other guys that you've brought through here. Um, So I I don't know if that will help. Um, I think this has to be fixed internally. I don't think anyone's coming out from outside the organization to fix this. I think this has to be done internally uh, and they have to turn it around internally. And I think, you know, they need a break, they need some things to get going and they just need to turn this thing around again get it in the right direction
2: one last one for you dvd just regarding the special teams maybe last year a lot of the success if you want to call it that was masked by you know a, a power play that was the best of all time basically going one for three at 33 uh, percent. right now it's at 25 percent, just nine for 36 the penalty kill is substandard as well 28th in the league is it a simple fix on special teams as last year? Because they were very good on special teams this year. Just mm, kind of so-so.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, when you have a power play, that kind of does mask a lot of deficiencies in, in maybe the rest of your game. Um, you know, the, owners, uh, the power play has been lights out for the last three years. It's just unbelievable. Um, but teams are, are looking at that power play. To me, I, I'm seeing that that power play, and teams are kind of, They've, they've studied it. They know what's happening. They're anticipating that cross-ice pass and that dry sidle shot from the, from, the, from the face-off circle. They're anticipating a lot of things. I think the oldest power play is still great. I think, you know, Bouchard is obviously a weapon on the point. They have guys that can, they can, they can do some damage. The power play still hasn't gotten going. Um, I think I'm not worried about the power play. The power play will get there. They just have too much talent. Too much skill on that power play, not for it to eventually get going. Uh, the penalty kill is an issue, though. The mm-hmm. penalty kill is a problem. They're not. They don't have guys that that are, that are doing a good job, a good enough job, killing penalties. They, they're not tough enough in front of their net. They're not strong enough in front of their net. They're not reading the plays properly. Who's blocking shots? They have no one blocking shots now. Um, so I think that's an issue. Um, so, yeah, the penalty kill. And then this is where I think they miss the because on that penalty kill. But the penalty kill has to get a lot better. Right? They just have to get a lot better. They have to get a lot tougher. And I think that will start turning things around um, for the power play. Because there's no point having a lights-out power play if you're giving up a power play goal every game as well. They're just canceling each other out. So I think you have to get that penalty kill going. You have to get guys out there that are willing to do the the dirty work that you have to do on a penalty kill, get in front of those shots, uh, win those battles in front of the net, win those battles in the corner, and right now the Edmonton owners aren't doing that.
2: Hey, DBD, thanks for this. Enjoy the game tonight and a late deadline for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it'll be a late game. I'll be up late tonight. So, yeah. Appreciate you having you on, Kevin.
2: Yeah. Thanks, bud. That's Derek Van Deese from NHL.com. Text coming in to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Troy says, this is the exact same team that was the second best throughout the second half of last season. Only major change was the defensive style they play. Now they have the worst goal differential in the league. Just second worst so far. This is a systems issue. Not sure why we even changed it to begin with. Yes, we lost to Vegas, but to change the entire system after the second half they had last year is garbage. Time for Woodcroft to swallow his pride and go back. That comes from TD. We'll get to more of your texts at 1-833-401-1440 right after the break. And then at the top of the hour, our co-host on Mondays, Lori Ann Munzer will be in the studio and Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet for Booster Juice on the mark. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Ah, well, you know what time it is, 7.43-ish, The Duke comes in with his daily dose of B.A. And we have a daily dose of venom coming in on our text line. It's just, people are, they want heads. They want heads and they want uh, things to roll right now. Well, let's get to them. Craig and Red Deer, morning guys, if all options are on the table... Then why hasn't Campbell been assigned a Bakersfield permanently yet? This is the number one obvious move to make. Is Holland too arrogant and stubborn? Craig and Red Deer. Neil in the hat. Hey, guys. Hey, this is a positive text. This is the first one. <laughs> hey, guys. This debacle started against the Canucks, and this is where it ends. The boys get out of town and return 3 and all. When this happens, never, never mentioned. Lord Stanley's mug again until Connor hands it to Leon at the end of the year. Go, oil, go. That's the first. That's the only positive text out of the mm-hmm. dozens that we have here. McDavid nowhere in the top fifty. KCF texts in never benched. Same with Rnh. Gaudreau was benched in Columbus. Real coaches actually coach KCF. Northside Norm says maybe Gullison is the man to go. Provides some shakeup, but doesn't affect the cap and isn't fair to him. But someone is going to be sacrificed. Northside Norm Hard work beats skill When skill doesn't work That's Scott H. Nick Fire the goalie coach How does he still have a job Throughout all these years He has the best job security Out of anyone I know Robbie Bo KK This has less to do About offensive chances Which have had some Bad luck involved This is about The defensive side of the game Not on the defenseman to be clear, the defensive side of the game for the Oilers has, has not been good. <laughs> Jack Campbell did in fact steal them a game in Nashville. This isn't on our goaltending. Stop saying we need a goaltender to steal us and win again. What we need is for the team to commit to taking the extra stride. They need to get that guy that they've let up, let go in the danger area. Uh, that comes from Robbie Mole. Well, the Oilers do give up a lot of high scoring. Chances in, if you want to call it, the danger zone. More so in any other team, basically at five on five. This is a tough situation right now, and fans are restless. Uh, Harry says, it's the Jesse effect. Do not score. Keep your spot on the roster. No goals equals press box. Doug. Hey, Kevin. Kevin. To you and your guests, my take on the Oilers is this. If they can't get this train turned around in the next two weeks, forget about Stanley. The playoffs are not going to be in the picture. All kinds of reasons that Derek mentioned why the Oil are in such a funk, starting with Connor playing dinged up and goal tending very tough to make a trade. Oilers would definitely be dealing from a weak place. That's old school hockey dug. Sask Oilers fan, morning. I just tuned in from Saskatoon this morning. I have a couple of questions for you. Why not Joel Quenville? Why can McDavid not create separation on the ice on opposing players this year? Is he banged up? Did he change his training regime this summer? Sask Oil fan. We've kind of gone down that road already, down that road with Connor McDavid, and he does appear that he's not firing on all cylinders. He doesn't have that breakaway gear He's not pushing the pace. It's funny, though. The one game he came back right off the hop after the two games that he sat out was the Outdoor Heritage Classic against Calgary. And then you saw him go hard to the net, really kind of early in the game. Went hard to the net, and everyone's kind of going, oh, right, he's okay, he's okay. Not taking face-offs is probably a telltale sign that whatever is the issue along his side, it's not exactly 100%. Joel Quenville, his name's getting brought up a lot. Is he an option? I don't think so. Again, I think everything is in-house here. Everything is inside the room. It's inside with the coaching staff, and that's where they have to go. Uh, Robbie Moe, he goes, uh, I just reread my long voice to text. Oh, man, it sounds like I was having a stroke. It wasn't that bad, Robbie. It wasn't that bad. Thanks for texting in to all of our listeners, one 833 401 1440, MW in Sydney, B.C. in was listening to some ESPN sportscasters, and they stated that it is the coach's responsibility to motivate the players to play better. I wonder if this is an issue with the Oilers. Marty, that comes from an ex-Edmontonian, now in Sydney, B.C. A lot of people will say you have to motivate yourself. A player will say... I'm responsible for what I am going to bring to the team on a daily basis. How many times did we hear Jay Woodcroft at the start of the season? Take care of the day. Take care of the day. Be the best you can be on this day, whatever the day is. If it's a rest and recovery day, well, then rest and recovery. If it's a practice day, well, practice hard. If it's a a game day, you want to have your very best game, very best effort. I'm going back to what we said off the top. Get involved. Play it like it's your last game. I hate to say, I always bring up the story with Jason Strudwick when we were fishing and about 20 years ago, and I asked him, I said, why can't you guys play like it's the playoffs? And he goes, well, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. The, you can't bring that every day over the course of an 82-game schedule because it you just can't do it. Well, if you can't do that, then you have to bring your very best to get to whatever that high level is because if you don't do that, you're going to be on the outside looking in. We've already talked about it. Vegas has 23 points right now. 23 points. The Oilers have five points. They are they're 11 points back of third in the Pacific Division. Vancouver's got 17 points. They're 12 points ahead of the Oilers. I mean, this is slipping away fast. This is slipping away very fast. Matt goes, if they lose tonight, today will be the last day for our coach. There will be a change by Thursday. Oh, a nice one from uh, um, Stair Farmer. Stair Farmer says, Fernando Pisani is an all-time favorite of mine from childhood. That 2006 run is what locked me into the Oilers. And, of course, Fernando Pisani will guess with us. At 8.40 this morning, uh, tons of more texts coming in. one 833 401 1440 Fans are pissed off. They want changes. They want heads to roll. What about Gerard Gallant? Ben Feldman writes. Morris says, Nurse got outworked by O'Reilly on all goals. Nurse can't tie up a stick, two goals, at least because he won't tie up a stick in the blue paint. Put him on the bench. Matthew texts in. Kevin, this is on the players, not the coach. I think a trade is needed to improve the defense to reduce a high-scoring chances. The Oilers need some size and toughness with a focus on players who can defend. Kyle from Millwood says, as a Kings fan, <laughs> I hope the Sharks get their first win against the Oilers. Could you imagine? If the Oilers lose to the San Jose Sharks, Duke, what now what? That would be, we'd be looking at, as Craig... McTavish once said a debacle of monumental proportions
0: this actually came up in conversation uh, post-game at the Drake last night oh, after no. a beer league game saying like if the Sharks still haven't won by the time that this game with the Oilers comes up like this could be uh, pretty much exactly what he said a monumental uh, proportionate <laughs> debacle like because it's it's an unstoppable force means an immovable object at that point that this this Oilers team that came into this season as, as cup favorites now versus this bottom feeder Sharks a squad that has yet to record a W. So I think Oilers fans mm-hmm. should be hoping that the Sharks can get a win under their belt so they don't come in winless. And, and then that would be the ultimate blow to ego, confidence, whatever you name it. Uh, it seems like we can't get any lower. But believe me, if the Oilers play a winless Sharks team and lose that game... And we'll see new <laughs> levels of outrage from the fan base, uh, criticisms How? from media, <laughs> world world or world, uh, yeah. continent-wide down the... Like, it, it will be crazy. So as Oilers fans, hope for a Sharks win before that game comes up here.
2: Oh, boy. I mean, first things first, got to win in Vancouver tonight.
0: 100%. You've, you've beat, yeah, you, 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 can, you can dispel all of this problem. You're already looking ahead to the San Jose game. You can dispel all these notions by just getting a good win out on the West Coast tonight.
2: Mm-hmm. Text from Doug Jones. Can you imagine all of us stuck in traffic driving to work on a Monday morning said to our bosses, it's not sustainable. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> you have to live with that. I, I'm sort of paraphrasing with I'm not throwing Strud's under the bus here. But that was our conversation. And I might have had a couple of pops in the boat as well. Googie, if McDavid has hurt sit him. I would rather go Connor less for a month to have a 100% McDavid going into the last half. Gordon D., good morning, Oilers. Went through so many coaches' time to blame the players top to bottom. Thanks, Gordon. Harry, nothing like, uh, oh, I don't even know what that says. Joe Bergman, I'm trying to complete my grandson's tim horton hockey card set do you know where you can go to get trading cards in the edmonton area a positive text thanks joe thanks joe love it i don't know do you know the answer for that one duke he wants the tim horton's hockey card set so i guess you go to tim horton's don't you
0: that's the only answer i have um i know there's a one of the a guy i went to nate with he's doing his practicum right now here in the stingray building for uh the the collective production offices over there he's big into that so uh, who know Maybe I'll ask him yeah. after we're done the show today, and then I can report back tomorrow. But like, my where else would you get them besides Tim Hortons? Is there some sort of black market for these things?
2: I mean, unless some like you know like game on sports and all these places have cards and stuff, don't they? Maybe they're you know it's a different system. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I, I this is a little bit out of my uh, my realm. I, I don't have any areas of expertise. None. I, I have none. But this isn't even in close to my wheelhouse. The, the card <laughs> collecting games. So.
2: Thanks for the text, Joel. Hopefully we can help you out here. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, she's back. Lorianne Munzer, the world tour, the European vacation. She's back, baby. Plus, Mark Spector for On The Mark for Booster Juice. That's coming up at the top of the hour. First up is a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Wear an NFL jersey tonight to the downtown location, and you can get 50% off Wings. Here is the Duke with a sports fourteen forty update.